Blog Talk Radio. On a mountain, in a valley, I behold only God. In hardship, I see God by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melted. Amidst the spark of the flames, I behold only God. Rabia the mystic, an Islamic saint. Rabia the mystic is interesting because she, first of all, was female in a, in a religion that, uh, like Christianity, tends to be dominated by males. But she also is interesting because she operated from her soul and from her heart and immediately recognized when things were not equal. For instance... One of the stories I like the best is she asks someone to give her a blanket. They came back to her and said, what color blanket do you want? Black, white? She immediately erupted because she wanted a blanket and said, what? Even in blankets, we have to have judgments. even in blankets. I'm going to play a song for you called Be Still Thy Soul. My name is Mara, and I welcome you to You Are Okay. I apologize that I scheduled this and didn't do it because I've been ill. I've had an upper respiratory issue, and I'm hopeful that I can get through this without coughing, and I will do my very best if I have to cough, not to cough in your ears. I do apologize if I do. I didn't have COVID. I had a COVID test, and I'm fine, and I'm vaccinated, so I'm caring for myself and others in that way, but I do have Uh, an upper respiratory issue still that is fading finally and I'm in some of my better days or I wouldn't even be trying today. If we end very quickly at some point unexpectedly, please bear with me. Uh, We will pick up again, uh, not today, but another day uh, if I just find that I can't talk. I get into what I call a talking jag. What I'm going to play is a song that I've been playing at the head or the top of my program for years, Be Still Thy Soul. To me, that particular song is significant for many reasons. One, it's written in a chord that resonates with people. Two, it recognizes that we all came here with a purpose. And that purpose is love. It opens our hearts to being the best person that we can be. And if I may add, it goes hand in hand with our discussion today. Are you being your highest self? That is uniquely up to you. That is grounded in recognizing you are no more nor no less than anyone else. You deserve no more, nor less than anyone else. Your value is not grounded in money or in things, but instead in the fact that you are uniquely created by God. Walk this planet in love. 
you are uniquely in situations where you can be your best self if you choose to be and don't allow yourself to block yourself. So let's listen to Be Still Thy Soul, please. And thank you for those who listen now and listen later. When we are 
striving to be our best self, we expect recognition. We um, are not satisfied being a source of light. We want to be the light. We need to have followers. I have to tell you, I'm not interested in followers. I'm interested in helping people recognize their internal light. I'm interested in leaders of kindness. I'm interested in people recognizing that they are equal to everyone. And I say that to you as a kid who grew up with parents with humble beginnings from West Virginia. My mom used to say West by gum to Virginia. She may have said by gun. I don't know. Because certainly there were guns in our house, but they were never aimed at any people. And if you even aimed your toy pistol at someone, that was an affront. Unless you were playing gunslinger. Because, of course, Matt Dill, Matt, anyway. I don't. I think it was Matt Dillon uh, with Gunsmoke was alive then, and there was a lot of gun drawing and guns, seeing who was the quickest draw. But those were never loaded guns. Loaded guns were never aimed at people because that was wrong. But one of the things I learned from growing up in a hillbilly home that, where I think the Bible Belt ran straight down the street was that I was equal to everyone else. I may have sucked my hair as poor kids were inclined to do. I may and still may have a habit of looking down when people uh, want to have full eye contact, but I know how to do eye contact. I know how to play the games of being a lawyer and be a successful lawyer. I know the ego pride boost that I felt graduating with honors from the University of Wisconsin. I know the pride and ego boost that I felt when I would win lawsuits, but none of those things made me any more than the human beings involved. And I came to understand a little bit about human nature as a result of that. Not that I'm superior, because I certainly am not. I have had my failings in life. I have had my moments when I've embarrassed myself. To this day, I'm still embarrassed. And I have to lift myself up and look past those things, past my mistakes, accept my imperfections. And you know what helps me in doing that? What helps me in trying to be my best self every day is a story I learned when I was studying the Kabbalah, which was kind of a thing for people to do back in the early 90s, I think. Madonna was doing it, although I don't really know Madonna, so I shouldn't use that as an example. But I remember seeing that part of it, that she was doing it. And so I paid to take a course online. Hold on just a second. Pardon me, please. I decided that I wanted to understand, because at one point, I had been so active in the Christian church most of my life, that I decided that maybe it wasn't the right place for me to be. 
I understood we are of the body and the body is one differently than, than I think about it today. But at that point, I thought, okay, maybe I should study Judaism. And I quickly realized that because Jesus was Jewish and because his earliest followers were Jewish, Christianity is far more Jewish than people realize. And what bothered me about Christianity was the judgment. Judge not, saith the Lord, seemed to have gotten lost both in the original faith and in the faith that grew out of it, Christianity. And so you would be on the, the minister would be in the pulpit and I would be doing the liturgist thing. And the next thing I would know, he would say something out to the people. And I felt guilt by association. He would say something that was condemning other people, that was judging what was right and what was wrong. And I became part of that judgment because I was there. And I couldn't just, it wasn't a debate. This wasn't a debate. And so I would leave day, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday with migraine headaches. And so I decided to try Judaism. I studied with a wonderful rabbi in Los Angeles. It was, oh, he was beautiful. And I learned a lot. One of the things, and excuse me for historically telling you how I got to where I am, and I hope it has some interest to some. If one person thinks, oh, yeah, you know, it's okay to change. It's okay to grow. It's okay to redefine how you think about things, then that's fine. I'm not asking you to follow and absorb any of what I'm telling you. I'm using it as an explanation for why I believe as I do. So I went to see the rabbi, and I went several times, and I had to fly because I lived in a town at that point called Fresno, California, which has gotten some notoriety lately because I guess it's become very expensive to live in. But I lived in practice there, and I would fly down to go see this rabbi. And... It really interested me because the first meeting we had, we talked about a party. And at the party, there were many people assembled. And he told me that. He repeatedly said there were many people, and he listed them off. There was the dancer, and there was the guest of honor, and there was a least honored guest. There was a person who came who wasn't really invited. There were the people who were who were invited who really weren't welcome. There were the people who were very welcome. There were lots of people at this party. It was a very big event. And that first time, we talked about how the honored guest saw the party. We talked about how the person who gave the party felt about the party. I packed up my stuff, and I went back. And when I came the next week, we're back to the party. Now, I'm used to like, wham, bam, we're done. And suddenly, we're back at the party. And I'm thinking, whoa, I know the rabbi is old. Excuse me, I was judging. Because he wasn't doing things my way. I was used to seeing things done. To me, that meant 
that uh, maybe he was losing it because, of course, my way was the right way. I was so driven by ego. And at that moment, I wasn't recognizing that this conservative, orthodox Jew was training a woman, which was a big deal, a very big deal, that he agreed to do that. He agreed to set aside his requirements. And at one point he said to me, well, you know, I, I know that some may say something, but I am too old for those things. I had no idea what he was talking about. And I wasn't appropriately appreciative to him for having set aside the rules to train me. But here we are, meeting two, talking about the party. This time we talked about the least honored guest and how the least honored guest was viewing the party. And, and then I came back the next week and we talked about how the dancer was viewing the party. And pretty soon, at some point, without the rabbi ever telling me, I realized all of those people were at the same party exactly the same party, but you would never guess it from how they were seeing it. Whoa. Each one of us sees life differently based on our life experiences, based on the choices we've made, good and bad in life based on the lessons we've chosen to learn and the lessons we've chosen to relearn. That's how we see life. And we see life many times as our being right about how things happen and operate. After the rabbi gave me a cookbook I realized that Judaism was not really for me either. Don't ask me the connection. To this day, I don't know. But there was just something about the cookbook and something about the fact that when I would make contributions, they were going to fund a war. And despite growing up around all those guns, I abhor I abhor guns, which I think is equally my right with those who love them. You know, most of the men in my family love guns. They don't necessarily think that everyone needs an AK-47, but they love guns. And they, sh they should be able to cart them around with them wherever they want to be, whenever they want to be with them. It's like that's their security blanket. I don't. I never did. The first time they put that rifle up to my shoulder, I was like 10 maybe younger, it kicked me and knocked me back on my butt, but that wasn't why I didn't like it. It was because my soul, my nature, we all have a purposeful nature. Recognized that wasn't right for me. It wasn't who I am. And remember God told Moses his name. 
the great I am. With that, I want to lead into studying the Kabbalah. That was something I could do online. And I had moved, and I had moved to Los Angeles, and then I moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico. I was trying to find a place where I just felt comfortable inside. I felt enough. It's amazing how you can feel equal but not feel enough. I can't explain it even to this day. Maybe as we do these programs, I will understand and be able to say something. So I took this course online about the Kabbalah. And the rabbi had given me a book uh, that I had read. So he set the seed. And about the seven layers that separate us from heaven and how we can never get to the final place. We can never really be in God's presence because God is all of us put together. Every one of our experiences, every one of our ideas, we're all a part of God. So the story. When I started studying the Kabbalah, and I may not do complete justice to this, and please forgive me if I don't, but when I started studying the Kabbalah, the first thing we did was we started with the story of a vase. The vase was a beautiful vase. It was perfect. There was no tension in its lines. Everything was aligned perfectly. Everything was peaceful. There was nothing to get upset about because everything was perfect. Whoa. There's a certain beauty in imperfection because it puts challenges to you to see through the imperfection to the real beauty of the moment. But everything was perfect with this. And that was God. And God wanted to be more hard to imagine because God is everything. In my mind, God is everything. Everything. Because who am I to decide who God is not? Doesn't that involve me making a judgment? So there's one righteous thought that I have, and that writes probably more than one, but that one righteous thought is that God is everything. So here we are. God decided he wanted to be more, or she wanted to be more. Who cares? We're all electric current souls, and we all have special uniqueness. So God breaks the vase and sends the parts out into the universe. with empty minds. And to keep it exciting, each one has this intuitive nature, kind of like the swallows going home or the salmon going home, that it needs to journey. And the journey is to remember who they are and what they are. Pieces of God. That's not egocentric to say, I need to act like I'm a piece of God. 
Can you imagine what your day would be like if you started it off thinking, what would God do today? Do you think God would say racist things? Do you think God would judge some of his creation as good and some of it is not? Or do you think that it would be true as Jesus said in as Jesus is quoted as saying in Matthew 5:25 that ye may be the children of your father which in heaven which is in heaven he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust or Islam is Islam 10, the believers are but a single brotherhood, so make peace and reconciliation between your two brothers. We are of the body, and the body is one. So what stands in the way of making us do what they suggest in Hinduism? He unto whom self-centered grief and joy sound is one word, to whose deep-seeing eyes the clod, the marble, the gold are one, whose equal heart holds the same gentleness for lovely and unlovely things, firm set, well-pleased in praise and dispraise, satisfied with honor or dishonor unto friends and unto foes alike in tolerance, detached from undertakings, He is named surmounter of the qualities. Buddhism. He has cast away ill will. He dwells with a heart free from ill will, cherishing love and compassion toward all loving and living beings. Excuse me. All living beings. He cleanses his heart from ill will. Continuing on, even in a time and dispute and quarrel, we should treat intimates and enemies alike and never think of retaliation. So what stands in the way of that? Each one of us does, and our ego. How so? Well, we think we're right. So, of course, we want to be around people who think like us because that helps us know we are right. We don't want to hear people talking about things that challenge what we believe. So people tend to be around people who look like them, who talk like them, who think like them, 